You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome into the Illini Enquirer podcast, and we've been so football heavy that I had to set up a Zoom call with my guy, Derek Piper. Haven't seen him uh, in, in a while because Illinois basketball hasn't had a game in quite a while. How's life, Derek? How you been? I'm just waiting, man. Wait and see mode and uh, trying to figure this whole thing out. We've had some recruiting here on the on the basketball side, some Namari Burnett talk. That's, that's the, the talk of the town here. Um, outside of football, of course, who's... Man, they got Zooms every day and, and new news dropping and commits and everything. And uh, happy for you uh, on that side of the beat. So uh, we're just waiting to play some basketball over here. And Illinois, Iowa is definitely one to look forward to. All right, Derek, uh, I know you dove into all these different kind of non-conference opponents Illinois could get. Um, one, how much time did you spend diving into that? And now that it's not happened, are you okay? Do you feel like you wasted some hours? Oh, I definitely did, yeah. Uh, I mean, I really got into it. I kind of enjoyed the the search and, and the hunt there, rifling through Ken Palm. And, and you got to, of course, look and see who's on pause and who is not going to go over the max if you schedule a game. And you think about who's realistic. Okay, Texas, do they really need to play Illinois? They've already beat Kansas by 25 and Lawrence. They probably don't need to challenge themselves like that yet again. But uh, it was – the thrill of the chase was fun, and, and it was – it was a fun speculative exercise as I like to call it for the fans and um, some threw out some, some decent realistic options and some maybe not so much, but uh, I, I think 10 days was too long to wait. I'm sure Illinois from what I've heard and, and from what Brad told us was, was aggressive in trying to get it done and uh, just wasn't able to make it happen. Yeah, Derek, I want to get into the second half of this podcast, the recruiting stuff, uh, whether it's Namari Burnett or what they have left in the class of 2021, because there are some options uh, on the table for them. And we know they got to add to Luke Goody, and I'll bring up Luke Goody as well, because he had a pretty good game uh, the other night, and I know you talked to him. But I think Brad had a tough time with this, right? Because one, it's it's tough to schedule a couple days in advance and set all this up and make sure testing and all that. But also there's the, the nervous factor of... Are, are we sure this team will be clean of COVID? Like we're sure pretty much in the Big Ten, though there's probably some scares in the Big Ten like we've seen here with Sasha Stefanovic just a couple days ago. Um, so I, I think as much as Brad wanted this, it's just really difficult, right? I mean, that that's kind of my read on all of this. And I think he knew going into that week and week and a half without a game that it would probably be difficult to pull this all off. Yeah, definitely. Uh, very complicated. A lot goes into that. And, and you know that I know for Joey Biggs and, and talking to him back in the offseason, just kind of having to call over there and, and get really medical staffs in touch or, or those that are involved in testing and, and try to make sure that they're similar or on the same page. And, and you look up things such as or you speculate about a Southern Illinois coming off of a three week break from COVID. And would you want to be their first game back probably not and that might just go through your head of just and of course you would test before the game and if there were positive tests you wouldn't play but just that thought that there would be a slip up or just something that that would get it in your program and really throw you off track and off course and that's the 
the one thing that Brad has continued to bring up throughout this is that he doesn't want that. He wants to to be able to keep his players safe and, and keep this thing moving forward. So uh, I know that I was a I was a little bit of a temporary villain on Liberty Twitter because I looked up them and uh, Hugh Freeze had brought up in August that they only test people that show symptoms and and that seemed like a well I know it's a it's a red flag but also just a difference from what Illinois does in daily testing. So I mentioned that in the article and. Um, some people found that, so that that's just part of it. I didn't it. know, I didn't know Liberty thing. Twitter was a thing, and yeah. uh, I, I know that's a other religious school. I don't know what was Liberty Twitter like. Oh, they're mean. Were they, they weren't pious. <laughs> they weren't pious and all that. No, I mean, yeah, they they um they did thought I was calling them out. They thought I was picking on Liberty. Thought that I was taking an unnecessary shot at them. And they have a good team, good program. They were off this past weekend and would have been a nice game for Illinois on paper and, and even maybe a good tune-up for Iowa but uh that might have played into it and maybe it didn't maybe Illinois didn't even didn't even think about that but uh, I mentioned it and they, they didn't like the fact that I that I brought that up I don't know who found it I, I don't know why what Liberty person is is going on Illinois and Illini Inquirer trying to find that stuff but uh Derek we do have a week off and it's kind of interesting like Illinois hasn't played in more than a week now yet they've risen up the Big Ten standings because everyone else has lost, right? Like Michigan lost a game. Iowa lost a game to Indiana. Uh, Wisconsin lost to Ohio State. Ohio State lost to Purdue. Purdue lost to Michigan. Um, So it it just got even more close at the front of this race, and that's why this Iowa game – seems so much even more important because we thought maybe a week ago that after Illinois um, fell to what five and three in the big 10 that oh they're kind of getting out of this big 10 race all of a sudden you beat Iowa and you know I know Michigan's on their break right now with uh, COVID up up there and that that program but like all of a sudden you're back in this race where it's it's you and Michigan at the front with Iowa and Wisconsin Ohio State trying to catch up so even though Illinois has been off here they're kind of still in a decent position. I know after a back-to-back losses, some disappointing losses, it is frustrating because they could be at the front of this thing with Michigan, right? But um, they're right in the thick of this thing still. Yep, they definitely are. And I understand the angst. And when you go five and three and you lose at home back-to-back games, there's uh, it, there was reason to sit there and question, is this team going to be in that mix down the stretch? And you should we should point out that the schedule, as we we're going to talk about, and as Iowa presents, is going to get a lot tougher. And, and if you're able to take advantage of those opportunities, you can be there at the top of the league when all is said and done. And uh, But, yeah, you certainly got some help from Ohio State going on the road and, and beating Wisconsin. And now you're tied with them for third place, Iowa losing at home to Indiana. Uh, so if you're able to win that Iowa game, and, and Michigan right now, as it stands, their first game back that hasn't been postponed would be Illinois-Michigan in Ann Arbor. And uh, it'd be interesting to see how they come back after that kind of a pause and really losing a lot of momentum, you would think, just based on how they were rolling and how things were going for their program. So uh, that's going to be really interesting. But I think we knew if you sat there and thought about it and th- thought about the last year's league that six losses – won a share of the league title, if I'm not mistaken. I think 14 and yeah. six was able to get it done for the Wisconsin, Maryland, and, and Michigan State. So three losses isn't going to kill you. But based on the fact that some of those home losses and, and what you got going forward, the next four games are quad one opportunities. Take advantage of them, play for 40, 40 minutes or close to that. Just get it done and, and you'll be up there. But uh, yeah, I understand some of the concern. Yeah, I don't think it's, for me, it wasn't losing one game, right? It was, it was losing two. 
uh, and, and two at home. Listen, I think Ohio State's really good. Maryland has shown that they can they can knock off some good teams here. So going through this Big Ten schedule with college basketball teams, Derek, like you're going to drop one. So when everyone had that like list of seven games in a row or eight games in a row, you probably were going to lose one of them. It just it's it's the law of averages here. But now you will be tested in Illinois. I mean, what's their best win so far this year? Is it Indiana at home? Is it Minnesota at home? Is it Duke on the road? Right, like Purdue at home. Um, you haven't knocked off one of those top twenty Ken Palm teams, and now you got Iowa at home. You got Indiana on the road, which would be a quad one win. Wisconsin at home, Michigan on the road. These next four games, will, will, of course, as we go through the season, but these next four games really tell you whether you actually are a Big Ten title contender. You win two or three of those, you're, you're going to be in the race. You win three of those, you might be towards the front of the race. Obviously, you win all of them, then you know, you're probably setting the pace. Uh, if you only win one or don't win any of them, no chance. Yeah, it's quite interesting looking at the analytics, the Ken Palms, the, the net rankings, you're sitting there in the top 10 as far as the net goes. And But the flip side of that is your best win right now is Purdue, the 31st in the net, Minnesota 35th, Indiana's 45th. Those are, those are solid wins, but those are games you're supposed to win at home against those kind of teams. And uh, the Duke game, Duke's 89th in the net right now, and they've been slipping here recently. They're outside of the top 25 in the AP poll. So, it's kind of that interesting balance where if you look at Ken Palm, you look at net and you're like, Oh, we're in a great spot. Then also it's, I don't know. It feels like there needs to be more. It feels like there's been some missed opportunities or winning some of those toss up games, some of those games that could turn your season one way or another. Illinois still has a lot to prove a lot to show, right? They're playing like a five or six seed, right? Like that, that's what they're playing like right now, which in, in relative Illinois history is pretty dang good. Um, and that's probably where they would have been last year's that five, six seed line. Right. But we thought they'd be better than that. So that that's, that's the disappointment there is they're a good team and they've beaten some good teams and some teams that are going to be on that five, six, seven, eight seed line, uh, come the NCAA tournament. But are, are they final four good? They haven't shown they can beat teams like that. So that's what's, you know, playing Iowa, playing Wisconsin, playing Michigan, um, Indiana, we know defensively is really good and they showed that against Illinois. So, uh, that's coming up. Uh, you also Derek at some point got to have a game against Michigan state again. At some point you got to have a game you hope against Nebraska again, which gives you a win, uh, not a quality win. It's not going to tell us a lot you hope, but, um, yeah, I think that's the key. So, what do you think, Derek? We're almost, I guess we're kind of halfway through the season, six and three, uh, with two games that were supposed to be played that got postponed. What do you think of this team right now? I thought they'd be better, to be honest with you. I thought that they would be in a better spot than they are right now. Again, there's, we just talked about a lot on the table going forward, five and three. You got some big games coming up and some really opportunity to find your season as far as chasing for that Big Ten title, chasing that seed, whatever it may be, and, and – are you an upper echelon team in college basketball? That's that's still yet to be proven, and there's still time to do that. I, I just I thought that they would. I don't. I didn't expect them to drop a game like a Maryland or drop a game like. And Ohio State's good. They're top 15 in the country right now. But uh, to lose the Missouri game, like I said, there's just been there hasn't been that really impressive win. We're like, okay, this is a team that can make that deep run in March. And I think just overall here recently, and we've talked a lot about the inconsistencies, the lack of playing 40 minutes. There have been just some times where you wonder what's going through this team's head. Do they think, do they feel like they're more accomplished than maybe they are? Or 
is that kind of built into their mentality. So to kind of have that soul searching moment in the middle of the season, and a lot of teams will have, as Brad said, defining moments and they'll, they'll maybe take a step back before they go forward again. Uh, but for this team to have that, I, I was a little surprised uh, in, in the middle of the Big Ten season. And I just feel like this team still has a lot to prove. And, and we've talked <laughs> talked about the hunter, hunted, don't – yeah, let's just put that away, go hunt. And uh, I think this team, again, yeah, has to show a lot still. And to, to be the type of team that they kind of view themselves as, they, have, they still have to go out and win some of these bigger games and uh, be able to prove that here in the coming weeks. A three-point loss to Missouri, a three-point loss to Rutgers, a three-point loss to Maryland, a six-point loss to Ohio State. They got down big uh, in, in several of those games and had to try and come back to win it all. Uh, I think that edge, like this team just lacks edge right now. And they showed some early against Penn State, but I didn't love the way they closed that game. Um, so you got to bring edge against Iowa because you know they're going to bring it. And they've brought it most of the year. They're going to have some off-shooting games, and they're flawed defensively. So you're going to have a chance. But uh, with Luka Garza, all those shooters, you better be locked in mentally. And, and you better have an edge. And, you know, Iowa brought it last year. Yeah, and that's why you don't like them is because they're good. And, and they're, they're, they got some toughness to them, even if they're not very good defensively because they're not good athletically or they just think they're going to win games because they score. Um, they're going to bring it. And, and I haven't questioned that with Iowa. I'm questioning that with Illinois. So – I think that's going to be pretty telling. But Brad Underwood did make an adjustment last game, Derek, putting in Jacob Grandison into the starting lineup. Obviously helped their start uh, in that game and certainly gives them a different look and kind of a different rotation. What did you think about that change and how big of an impact do you think that makes moving forward? I liked it. I liked it, especially against a team like Penn State that was playing zone. And, and Iowa actually plays a decent amount of zone as well. And uh, just Jake's ability to pass. And I think that that – helps the team just be able to create some open looks and, and unselfish basketball. And there's a t- tendency for this, this group to kind of throw it inside to Kofi, especially against man. And when he's single covered, why wouldn't you throw it inside to a guy that's averaging about 22 points per game in big 10 play and shooting 74%. But uh, I, I feel like just Jake's energy, he goes to the glass really hard. He, he just makes a lot of those effort plays. We saw Alan Griffin make a lot of those last year and, Jake's not the same athlete that Allen was, and he hasn't shot the three at the same clip, but he has here proven recently that he can shoot the three uh, and just bring the energy plays. And also, uh, to your point about kind of just shifting the lineups, it's allowed you to play a little bit bigger when you get Coleman in there. I really like what I've seen from Coleman here recently and hope that he takes another couple of steps forward. I still think he can show more as a scorer, particularly as just a, a guy from three that can hurt other teams when he gets those opportunities and he's able to get some space there. But He's another guy that's, that's brought the energy, been able to block some shots. And uh, there have been times where you've questioned Illinois' lack of length and how much that hurts hurts them. Uh, DeMonte playing at the four has been a liability against some some bigger guys like an EJ or, or whoever you may face uh, who maybe brings it at Dante Scott, mm-hmm. six foot seven, six foot eight at that four spot. So uh, you look at Wieskamp and maybe he, he's not a bully inside, but he's got some length. I just think that that tweak – clearly brought energy for Illinois early and then also just kind of puts them in a position to play with some more length on the floor. All right, last one before we get to some recruiting stuff, Derek. Illinois has one of the best duos in the country, right? Io DeSumo uh, is going to be in the conversation for All-American, maybe his second team or, or third team right now. I think Kofi needs to be in that conversation. I think they're both all Big Ten players, first team right now. Who's the third option? Like, like who is going to be the reliable third guy? Is it Curbelo? Is it Miller? Is it Frazier? It's a great question. Yeah. Um, 
man, I would have told you beginning of the season and probably would have been Miller. I think that was my expectation, especially maybe at this point, midpoint of the year, latter stretch of the Big Ten, that he would really come into his own and, and be more of that reliable scorer that we haven't necessarily seen from him. I'd still like to see more off the dribble and, and kind of those opportunities or maybe just running some plays for him to get some open looks. And uh, his three-point stroke has been better here of late, and, and we'll see if we can get that out of him. But I think that some of the same things that we're talking about Adam with, we're, we're, you could say for Trent. You know, Trent being a guy that's fourth year in the Big Ten and, and all that scoring ability that he's shown high school, freshman year at Illinois, hasn't progressed maybe taking those next steps as a scorer. And that's kind of been a little disappointing. And I know that he's playing a different role and, and he's kind of feeling that out still. But I would like to see him play aggressively and be a little bit more consistent. Uh, and then with Curbelo, still love his passing. You're just going to, there's a lot of that give and take. And here recently he's taken some lumps and I, I still expect to see him get closer back to what we saw here, you know, a couple of weeks ago when he was playing with a lot of confidence and, and a lot of ability to break down a defense. Uh, just teams are daring him to shoot. Why wouldn't you? He hasn't been able to to really answer that call. So that's a, that's a tough one. I I, I think I they're still lead. I think they're like Curbelo can just take over a game. I, I don't know if Frazier and Miller at this point do that. Like Curbelo can take yeah. over a game. But he also can just have a game where he doesn't help you very much, right? While Miller, I think, has probably had his best five-game stretch here recently. I mean, he's scoring double digits most nights. I think his defense has been really good here recently, especially considering he's a freshman. Uh, Trent defensively uh, can disrupt things, and, and teams can take advantage of his size sometimes. But I think that end, he's more reliable. Um, and he has shot pretty well throughout most of the season, but... Um, yeah, I think it's more like the Miller and Frazier might be steadier, but I don't think they're going to take over game. Like they might have a stretch where they hit two threes, you know, in, in a minute or two. Uh, but Curbelo can just do things that no one else besides Io can do on the court, right? Like he can break down a defense and create for his teammates. Like he and Io are the only guys that on this team do that. Yeah, that's a great point. There's not enough of that for this team, and, and there's a lot of a heavy load on both those guys to be able to put that defense in, in rotations and force them to break down. And that opens things up for guys like Miller and Frazier who aren't doing a lot off the dribble there, those catch and shoot opportunity guys. And uh, yeah, Curbelo, I, I do think that when he's playing up to his level and able to break that down and uh, teams are maybe forced to, to rotate and, and open some things up, He's that guy. Um, as far as scoring, I, I do think that it'll be Miller down the stretch, yeah. but uh, we'll see if he can do more and be a little bit more consistent and assertive here going forward. But, yeah, you need someone who can make things happen. I was one of those guys, and obviously Carbello as well. All right, Derek, let's talk about uh, Brad Underwood and his staff trying to make things happen on the recruiting trail. Uh, this class, they haven't done it as much as we thought, uh, but there are some intriguing options still there. When we come back, let's talk about that. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, Derek Piper, we know this name really, really well. A Chicago native who left the state, which has been sadly uh, a trend, not only for basketball, but for football as well. But Namari Burnett is back on the market, just spent one semester at Texas Tech under Chris Beard, who's a fantastic coach uh, and a really good program all of a sudden with Texas Tech. Um, But very talented, five-star prospect, played with Coleman Hawkins at Prolific Prep. He's on the transfer market, and it's no secret Illinois is a player for him. Before we get into the fit, what kind of player is Namari Burnett? Six foot four, um, very, very good shooter. At least that was the profile coming out of high school. And I, I look at his Texas Tech numbers, and, and he only shot about 18% from three and 28% from the field there. And he, he struggled, but I don't think that that really characterizes the type of score that he can potentially be or just – his talent uh, as far as shooting the ball uh, can make some plays with the ball in his hands. Uh, he's not as far, he's not IO in, in that sense in terms of getting to the rim at a consistent basis, but he's a, he's a pretty good athlete. Uh, very, very good passer. That was something that we really saw from him in high school on the AAU scene and um, talking to some guys around the program. I think Brad really, really liked his basketball IQ, his feel uh, and just the way that he played. So someone that can definitely stretch the floor uh, in terms of, putting shooters around Carbello And when you think about the future of this program, Miller on one side, Burnett on another would, would be very, very dangerous, potentially uh, a guy that can take it in transition and get to the basket. And, and again, a guy that can uh, break his guy down and, and find that pass. Uh, that's something that he really showed. And he played with Coleman. He played with Jalen Green and uh, at Prolific Prep. So they were really able to play off of each other. So um, I, I like him a lot. McDonald's All-American you know, borderline five-star guy. Uh, he's got a lot of ability. And I think that a new situation and just allowing him to develop his game and, and acclimate to this level, uh, we'll really see that type of potential that he has. Yeah, thanks for the, the correction, by the way. He was a four-star in the composite, but uh, basically Adam Miller kind of level, borderline uh, five-star prospect there. Okay, obviously Illinois has a connection because they recruited him. I think they were one of the first ones to offer him. Uh, he's got the Chicago connection there. Um, where do you see this kind of recruitment stacking up, Derek? Because I imagine there's going to be a lot of programs interested in him. And, and what's the sell for Illinois? We know during the, the high school recruitment, it was heavy competition, heavy competition. And Illinois was involved for a long time, dating back to John Gross's staff was recruiting him as a freshman at Morgan Park. And I know they got him on campus for a football game, maybe even before that season. And after that, Brad Underwood, Shane Coleman really picked that thing up, and then he moved moved out to California. And his finalists were Texas Tech, Oregon, Michigan, and Alabama. And, and those those teams really pursued him hard, and he had a lot of good options out of those four and ends up going to Texas Tech. Uh, so Illinois now just selling the opportunity to kind of be a guy similar to what they've sold, sold some others like uh, uh, Jordan Nesbitt or Wes Carted on just – filling my IO's role a, a little bit and, and allowing Curbelo to make you a better player, create for you and, and kick it out to you. Illinois likes to play fast. 
Uh, that was one thing about Texas Tech is very, very great defensive team. Offensively, their tempo is, is pretty low. It might even be the, one of the slowest in the Big 12, and I don't know if that necessarily fits Namari's game. Um, and that's not to take away. He, he did struggle, and I think he would tell you that. But uh, Illinois just selling, uh, yeah, the, the ability to win in Illinois, ability to play with some good players, some guys that you're familiar with. Uh, Coleman is going to be a big part of this program going forward. Adam, who he played with, um, Mac Urban Fire early on. I think I saw him 15U. That might have been the first time I saw both him and Adam play uh, on the AU scene. So uh, I think Chin Coleman and, and Antigua or Underwood have really pressed hard here. They had a Zoom with him last week. And by all ind- indications, Illinois has done a very, very good job here. I think one thing that we haven't heard a whole lot of is those other suitors. We know that a lot of teams have reached out, but who he's serious about. Uh, other Zooms, and I know that he's not in a rush. He told me a couple weeks ago that he was going to take classes at Texas Tech second semester, of course, remotely, and um, really open things up for the spring for him to decide. So you don't have to worry. Illinois is one of those teams that doesn't have a spot right now. Uh, He could really sit back and wait and see and and have a lot of teams be able to come on later on or just uh, look at it and, and not be limited by teams that just have a spot right now. Uh, Derek, before we dive into other potential 2021 options, and you know, obviously there could be more options for Burnett that that open up uh, if he waits until the spring with all the transfers we're expecting and what we see with football. Um, Luke Goody had a heck of a game the other night, 41 points. I think Homestead, his team, is undefeated against a great schedule there uh, in Indiana. We're the low person, 24-7 sports on, on Goody, but from the sounds of Eric Bossy, it sounds like he's going to get a nice bump. Um What's changed for Luke as, as a senior and his progression as a player? And, and how big of an early impact do you think someone like Goody can make? I really like the way that he's played as a senior from being able to watch and follow his stats, obviously, and, and his consistency from three is something that's really bounced back now as a senior and as a junior that we've talked about it and people probably read that uh, his point guard last year got hurt. So Goody was playing a lot on the ball and having to create and, and of course from the very get-go of the possession has the attention of the defense and it was having to do a little bit some some different things that, that were a little bit uncomfortable and he's still overall and his team still had a pretty good season last year but now brought in Fletcher Lawyer, lawyer brother of Foster Lawyer that you see at uh, Michigan State and he's a point guard and able to you know allow Luke to do what's natural for him as a wing and run off screens and catch and shoot. And I do still think that his off the dribble game is underrated and, and he can pull up and get to the rim. Uh, not, not the best explosive athlete, maybe off the floor. He is a good athlete. He was a really good high school quarterback. He's put on 15, 20 pounds. He told me that's one thing that uh, has allowed him to take the next step with his game. He really got in the weight room this off season, focused entirely and solely on basketball, not playing football his senior year. So, uh, that's all kind of baked into it. And um, I, I think that next year he'll be a rotational piece. We'll, we'll see as far as DeMonte Williams coming back. Um, is Austin Hutcherson able to to give you anything? Is he going to be in the rotation? I think that that plays into how much good he plays. But I think that based on what he's shown so far as a senior, that he's going to be someone that can come off the bench, hit some threes, uh, as long as he's not too big of a liability defensively. Uh, I think that he will find the court. He's a he's high IQ guy and, and someone that spaces the floor. I think obviously we know um, for the big man, they're probably going to be in the transfer market uh, for, for a big man. So really not much to talk about there. But there are four other guards slash wing players that it looks like Illinois is still involved in that are still in that range of like 
late 90s to 150 in the ranking. So players who are definite high major players. So give me kind of like a rundown. I mean, Jalen Blakes is the point guard. Brandon Podzimski out of Wisconsin. Ramsey's Melendez. Wes Cardit from the East Coast, I believe. Uh, is there guys you think Illinois has the best chance at or fit the best? Just give me your thoughts on kind of that group of four. I know they've really been high on Brandon Podzimski from Wisconsin here, especially recently. They offered him in December. He had offers from Kansas and Kentucky. It's kind of an interesting deal as far as not having the Wisconsin offer. And maybe that it worked out fine with Goody not having Purdue and Indiana. And if you want to pull someone from Wisconsin and didn't get the, the Badger love, I, th- I think Illinois would be fine with that. He's the second leading scorer in the country right now in high school. And I don't know everybody's not playing, but he's averaging about – I think 36, 37 a game, just had 40 the other night. Long lefty, six foot five, six foot six, can really, really score the ball. And, and Illinois has shown him a ton of love. It sounds like that they're talking to him just about every day. Chen Coleman's playing the, the lead on that. Uh, so they've done a really good job with him. Uh, and he's composite, yeah, around that top 100, just inside the top 100. And, and they're, they're pushing hard for him. We'll see if, how serious Kansas and Kentucky are down the stretch for him. And he's someone that has said he's going to wait till after his senior year. Uh, so that one's going to be interesting. RJ Melendez from Puerto Rico, six foot six, playing in Florida. Uh, Orlando Antigua, as you can imagine, very, very connected in that one, has done a really good job pursuing him. Uh, it, it sounds like that recruitment's picking up a little bit. He has an, an offer from Florida, which he's had for a long time, Alabama, Georgia, Vatech. Uh, Illinois is in his top group, whatever that may be, top three, top four. Uh, he hasn't announced that, but uh, it seems like Illinois is one of his top options if they push for him. Uh, and he's a guy that fits that role as far as length. Pretty good athlete, can do some stuff off the dribble, and, and another really good shooter. I like Jalen Blakes a lot. When you th- We talk so much about Andres Felice and that just kind of makeup and toughness. I see a lot of that in Jalen Blakes. Jalen Blakes, six foot two. Point guard, combo guard, I think he could play kind of a combo um, out of New Jersey who can definitely score it, average about 18 a game as a junior. Uh, he's just – he's a bulldog. He's super tough, and he's really, really smart. He's a very high academic kid. He's getting a lot of Ivy League looks. Stanford's in on him. Texas is in on him. And I think Illinois has done a very, very good job. They offered late December, and that relationship seems to be building very, very well here recently. It'll be interesting if Illinois – presses the gas late on him uh, because I think with Namari, as, as far as adding another guard, I don't know if they feel like they can maybe take both of those guys. So, uh, and then Wes Carded, they really, really like him. I think he fits the IO mold as far as his length and his ability to get to the rim. Uh, and you, you'll watch some tape and you'll see that they look very, very similar as far as prospects. The question is, can Illinois sell him on getting enough early opportunities I think he wants the ball in his hands. And, of course, when you have Andre Curbelo and you have Adam Miller, uh, those are some questions that they would have to answer. But I know that they pursued him really hard, and Antigua's been on that one for a while. Would your expectation, Derek, be that they land one of those guys? Like, would you feel confident that they land one of those guys? I would expect so, and especially when you throw Namari in the mix. I think that if you were able to get Namari, say, here you know, in, in the coming weeks, maybe that adjusts your strategy – uh, with your high school recruiting, particularly maybe on in the guard wing spot, uh, because I think the staff continues to think that spring recruiting on the transfer market is going to be very 
you're going to have a lot of opportunities. You're, you're going to have a lot of opportunities and, and there are um, a feel that, yeah, that, that you can do some, some real damage there. So, uh, but I, I think overall you, you'd like to get one of Melendez or, or Kodzinski and, and that would kind of be my expectation right now is that they would be able to do that. And uh, maybe Namar, one of Namari and, and Jalen Blakes. Yeah. And, and uh, I think that they've put themselves in a position there and, and some of these guys we're talking about are, are fairly gettable and they're going to be easy recruitments to win, but um, I think Illinois has done a good job and, and it makes sense that they'd be able to get that done. So I, I think the goal, right, would be just to kind of reset this. The goal would be one of Blake's or Burnett, one of yep. the wings and uh, one transfer big man. Right. So, and, and that seems, seems doable right now. Of course we, we thought something different in September about where this class was going, but at least they do seem set up Derek to, add some nice talent uh, in, in the class, even though they've gone through some tough misses in this one. Yeah, for sure. If you're able to take advantage here of these opportunities and, and kind of connect late, late, late in the, the late innings, we should say a lot of swing and misses, but uh, which is what they've done for the most part, right? Like that's true. what they do in these recruitments. It's a good call. Yeah. Kofi late signee. And, and they've done some of that before. Um, yeah. To be able to do that. And, and like I said, Quite a few of these guys are borderline just inside of the top 100. So Luke Goody's in that same range as well. If, if you're able to get Podzimski, Goody, and Damari, I mean, Damari wasn't, like we said, a McDonald's All-American, Goody and Podzimski, top 100, top 125 wings with length and, and come in and shoot. And, yeah, you're, you're going to have to answer that five spot if, if the big fellow's gone. But overall, I think you'd be fairly encouraged by, by that haul. Uh, and even if it wasn't Namari, even if it was Jalen Jalen Blake's to be able to come in, uh, he's in that ninety to one twenty five, depending on uh, where he's ranked. Uh, he's he's another really good prospect, and, and I think he fits kind of that that mold that Brown Brownerwood Andres Feliz type of type of guy. And um, yeah, there, there's still some some swings to be had here, and I think they would maybe maybe fit, make fans feel comfortable not going into the transfer market was still just goody. If they were able to get one or two of these high school guys or a Namari and one of these high school guys before that spring stretch uh, might put the fan base at ease and uh, calm the message boards down a little bit. <laughs> Which is all we worry about, right? Um, so how are you getting your hoops fix without covering Illinois basketball games? Like, what do you, There's not much Big Ten action even going on right now. So how are you getting your hoops fix? I got to be honest, I watched a lot of the NBA last night. Yeah, um, kind of gotten into the NBA a little bit, and I'm I've we've talked about this some, and I'm a big college hoops fan. I know that the shot making is ridiculous at the NBA level. I uh, just feel like the the intensity yeah. and some of the tradition and all of that going sure. into college hoops and Big Ten. I'm a Big Ten purist, uh, but last night checking in on the NBA, and uh, of course you got college basketball Saturday and all that. Watch Baylor. I'll watch Baylor whenever they're on TV. Uh, them against Oklahoma State, so. Um, yeah, we're we're just we're getting through it. We, we haven't I haven't checked out Lante's junior high team yet. They had <laughs> practice last night, and I wasn't invited, but I might have to if if I have to wait too long. Who's your NBA guy? Like it feels like you know, especially I, I, you're kind. You you and I are similar generation here. Like we're only a couple years apart, but it, it seems like kids nowadays are more fans of a player, right, than than a team. So who's your guy in the NBA? Well, I was a you can see behind me. I was a Jordan. I mean, I was I was young. I was young. I, I was probably I was eight years old when they won that last finals. Um, right now, as far as 
current league, I'm a Curry guy. I yeah. love Steph Curry shot making. I mean, obviously just stuff he does is ridiculous. I was in on Curry before the KD <laughs> and all that. Like, I'm just putting that out there. It's like I, 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 I was a, a Drake fan before he was big. Like, yeah, I'm that, like, that I'm the fan of that indie rock band before they blew up. <laughs> that's important to, to note. Uh, I, I got a, I got some crap because I have a Warrior snapback that I that I bought and I wore it after they had KD and everything. Oh, you're one of those one of those bandwagon guys. No, no. Like the Warriors before it was cool, and, and even now after the, they're not on top anymore. Curry, Curry's my guy. I am still a man. Like I, I came around. Um, you know, I hated LeBron for a while because he was on the Heat and he was good and he left. Whatever. Um, uh, I can't. I just what he's doing at this age and and how many years he's been in the league. It's amazing that as much talent as we have, like Brooklyn is so interesting. There's Luca is so much fun. There's so much great talent. I think this is the best talent we've ever seen in the NBA top to bottom. And, um, you know, I, I lived through the nineties and in the you know late eighties, I, I know all about that era, but this era is unbelievable, but it still revolves around LeBron, right? It's what 17 years into the league. It's, it's amazing uh, what he's been able to do. And I hope everyone, like, it's kind of like the Tom Brady thing with the NFL, Derek. I, I know people hate, like, that, he, that he's still the thing, but how can you not respect the hell out of it? <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I know that feeling. I, I've, I've reached that point of, you know, progression with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, <laughs> I was never an Aaron Rodgers fan. I actually like Brett Favre, Bears fan. Love Brett Favre. Uh, and I, I had it out for Aaron Rodgers for a lot of years. It just came to the point of even all, after all the beatings, you just have to appreciate the heck out of that talent and that guy. So uh, I'm I'm warming up to LeBron too. I was also D Rose yep. in college those years. Very easy to, to hate on LeBron, but uh, man, what he did in Cleveland last night, but what he's doing all all season long has been pretty ridiculous. In just all the minutes, like he's played way more games than Michael played in his entire career, way more minutes, way more play. It's it's just amazing how he's been able to stay healthy and stay this good uh, through all of it. Well, Derek Piper, it's good talking hoops with you, man. I guess I'll see you Friday night, Illinois against Iowa. I guess before we get out of here, what do you think of the matchup? I mean, we've been waiting for this one for... 10 months because we were supposed to get it again in that 4-5 game uh, at the Big Ten tournament and never got it. I still remember writing, we're going to get this again in a couple of days uh, after that you know regular season finale, and we never did. So what, what do you what do you expect? I'm absolutely thrilled. Cannot wait. Uh, expecting a very intense battle. Um, very Obviously, two very, very talented teams. Wish we could have a full house at the State Farm Center, although maybe we can – trade that off for some uh, audible trash talk up in our, our section that we can hear from the, the benches or, or whatever that may be. Um, Connor McCaffrey, Demonte Williams, if they want to exchange some words, I'd be, I'd be all ears. So yeah, we can uh, hear everything Fran says and Brad says that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. Right. Uh, it, it's going to be really interesting to see Illinois off of that break and how sharp they are early on. And look, Iowa hasn't played since last Thursday either. Uh, I, I just think overall, both teams probably bring their bring their best uh, and are ready to go. Uh, Kofi defending the three point line against Garza, it's going to be very interesting. Uh, I, I think that you don't want to see him get on a heater as he did in Iowa City. Uh, Kofi did a lot better against him uh, in Champaign when they were able to meet. So uh, Illinois being able to do that, I, I'm not expecting you to hold Bohannon to 0 for 9 from the field like Indiana was able to do. We'll see how he bounces back. Frederick's injury is very interesting because I think he's a big key for them. His 
his leg injury against the Hoosiers is uncertain status going into this game. That that's interesting as well. Illinois just got to play 40 minutes. They got to execute uh, defensive intensity, being able to get out of the three point line. Um, one thing Indiana did that maybe Illinois doesn't do as much is just their rotation. They switch. Uh, they, they brought a lot of intensity and Illinois doesn't switch as much, but maybe you look into that because if you don't do it, it creates angles and kickouts and man, they, they, they kick it out from three and they're, they're electric. So, uh, it's going to be a really fun one. Like to see Io as well. Just kind of his first halves have been a little yeah. head scratching here recently. I haven't been as good. You're going to need uh, your, your your top dog to be ready from from the jump. This is where you back up all that confidence, right? They've had so much confidence and swagger, understandably so, coming into the season. They haven't completely backed it up. You beat a team like this, you deserve it, right? And, and then you got to keep doing it, but uh, this is the game where you prove it. So I'm excited to see them try and prove that. Derek Piper, good to see you, man, and good to talk some hoops, even though there's no hoops recently to talk about. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. I always enjoy it. Um, Friday will be here soon enough. We're, we're just counting down the days. And uh, yeah, it's always fun in the meantime. We, we can hop on and talk NBA or whatever else. Uh, we got time. Thanks, Piper. Appreciate it, man. Yep. Anytime, man. Great stuff with Derek Piper and a nice hoop fix during this hoopless last week. But boy, it's going to be hot and heavy after this Friday night against Iowa prime time national television and of course uh, a lot of recruiting things going on and Derek will have the latest on that on the site right now which as always you can get one dollar VIP access for your first month to Illini Inquirer check that out and thanks as always for listening to the Illini Inquirer podcast if you don't already subscribe to us rate us review us wherever you get your podcasts we appreciate when you do that but everybody have a great day take care of each other we'll talk to you next time right here on the Illini Inquirer podcast Should you ever set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan.